I saw a meme the other day. It made me literally laugh out loud, which actually a lot of them do. And my wife's always like, what the hell are you laughing about over there? I'm like, oh, somebody sent me a meme and I find them hilarious. Uh, and this particular one uh, was a dude, you know, an adult saying, yeah, another another adult day passed by without using Y equals MX plus B. <laughs> and I laugh because the, the point is like, man, our schools really teach us a lot of pointless shit. They teach us a lot of things that is useless or ends up not being used in the real world. And... We, we certainly lack, it, it doesn't teach us things that we can use in the real world. And if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that one of the things that I feel the boat gets missed on quite a lot is school doesn't teach us how to think. It teaches us what to think. It teaches us what the right answer is, but it, it doesn't really teach us in this country how to come across the answers on our own. And I think a great example of that is schools don't talk about finances. And specifically, what I want to talk about today is financial freedom. Um, since schools don't really teach us about that, and they don't teach us how to think and how to come up with our own answers, I think a lot of people in this country have completely misconstrued uh, what financial freedom means. And that's what I want to dissect and get into today, because there seems to be this myth that, you know, if you, you know, crimp all your, you know, clamp down on all your spending, you know, cut out the lattes uh, and, and drive a car for 20 years, that if you do that for long enough, you'll end up rich one day and you'll have enough money to never worry again. And David Ramsey will come down and award you with a nice new pair of white New Balances and pat you on the back and tell you you've been a good boy. Right. But that's not it's not the case. Dave Ramsey doesn't care about you, um, nor does any other financial advisor. And that's not really financial freedom anyway. And there's a lot of logical fallacies that go into that traditional concept of it. And so just to start out, let me, let me tell you a story. So back in the day when I was in college, I interned at a steakhouse. It was an awesome steakhouse. And I, as a college student could not afford to eat there. And so even though the managers and stuff would buy me food after my shift, eating, eating a steak in the office after a shift by yourself or or with your coworkers even, it's not quite the same as the experience I saw the customers having, right? Like when I'd be out there working on the floor and stuff, I would see all these people, they're ordering cocktails and they got their friends with them and they're laughing it up and just enjoying each other for hours on end. I'm like, man, this place is fucking awesome. Like I, I hope I can get my hands on a couple hundred bucks sooner or later and come out and have a night like these people all seem to have. This thing seems like so much fun. And so while I was working there, you know, I was at a family function one day and I was talking to uh, an older relative, you know, he was probably in his, I don't know, maybe mid forties, early fifties at the time. But I know, I do know for a fact he was by the standard definition, financially free. He didn't have, he didn't have enough money. He didn't have to work anymore if he didn't want to, he chose to, and that's, you know, cool. And so I was like, dude, you should come check out the steakhouse I work at. Like it is cool. It's the food is great. The atmosphere is great. Like everybody has a great time. And he's like, dude, why would I pay $60 for a steak? Like, I would, I'm just going to shit it out 12 hours later. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. And I was so confused because, well, what does it matter if you pay $60 for a steak? You have millions of dollars. And all I could see was like, man, for a couple hundred bucks, you could go out and make some memories, man. You could live life. You could have some laughs with cherished, with cherished friends. Like you could, it would be amazing. Like that's exactly how I would spend my money if I had millions of dollars. And so the contrast in my mind was so stark because I'm like, I've, I, I know this dude's loaded and I've always thought like, I want to get to that point one day where I have that much money where I can be free. But is it really freedom if you're not able to spend it? 
because you're too worried about losing it. And that's, and that's where I'm at today is that's what I'm going to talk about first is the myth of financial freedom that so many people in this country today fall into. And there's three parts of the myth. First, there's that you must sacrifice and suffer today to enjoy later. And I fucking hate that, by the way. The second part of the myth is that once you acquire a certain amount of money, you can acquire enough money so that you never have to work again. And then once you do that, you live the rest of your life free and stress-free now that you don't have to work. So it's sacrifice today until eventually you have enough money that you never have to work again and then live out happily ever after, free as a bird, no stress, no worries. And in theory, like it makes sense, and even mathematically on paper it can make sense. But in reality, certainly for a thinking, for a free thinking individual, it doesn't work out that way. And here's why. Let's deconstruct each fallacy. So the first one is sacrifice today so that you can enjoy tomorrow. Well, fuck that. First of all, I'm just going to say, fuck that. Why would you sacrifice any days? Like life is such a gift and time is so finite. Why would you waste a single day doing anything that wasn't in alignment with what you wanted for your life? The future isn't promised to you. Why Why would you waste a day doing something that you don't want to do? And this is a logical fallacy, this sacrifice today for tomorrow. It's a logical fallacy known as binary thinking, right? Binary thinking means there's only two ways to think about it. It's right. There's a right way to spend money and a wrong way to spend money. Either I'm a millennial who just fucking wastes all their money on lattes and ruins the economy, or I'm a good boy and I save all my money. Right? But that's not that's not how life works. Life life isn't binary. There is nuance and there are things like individual preferences, uh different visions people have for their lives, uh in in all sorts of shit that goes into what people are building for themselves. That it's a very gray area. So I'm gonna tell you right now, there are absolutely ways to do things that you enjoy now that also build your future. And it's up to you to decide what those things are. We can, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But no, sacrificing day for tomorrow is not necessary. It's a logical fallacy called binary thinking. And it, it, it takes away your ability to create your own gray area in life and tries to paint everything as black and white. So once you get past that, though, then you're like, well, isn't there a point where I can acquire so much money that I never have to work again? Like, wouldn't that be nice? Again, another logical fallacy. Because here's the thing, man. The human soul is made for creation and expression. It's made for contribution. And all those things are often expressed through what we tend to call work nowadays. What you do for work is your way of creating. It's your way of expressing yourself. It's your way of contributing to society. Your soul fucking needs it. So there, so to sit here and say like, oh, I can't wait till I don't have to work anymore. What you're saying is you think you can't wait till you don't have to work anymore. But the reality is you're going to be really depressed when you got nothing to do. See, work allows us to create. Work allows us to build. Work allows us to express ourselves and it allows us to feel useful. Work is a very, very important piece of the human experience. And so it's a logical fallacy to think that for everybody at all times, everywhere, their goal is always to just acquire enough money so they don't have to work anymore, right? So to think that never working is somehow a goal is a misconception. There's a lot of people who are like, I just actually don't want to live past the point where I can't contribute. 
right? So it's, it's in, in some ways, it's another type of binary thinking because it's like there's work and there's pleasure and they can never mix. Everything in life falls into one of those two buckets. Either I'm wasting time or I'm working and there's nothing in between. And, you know, that's, that's my philosophical or that's my way of thinking things through and getting you to this point. But like, there's a much more subtle way to do it. And it's the dude from office space, right? He's like, well, what are you going to do when you have a million dollars? He's like, man, I'm going to do nothing. And the guy's like, fuck, you don't need a million dollars for that. My cousin's broke. He doesn't do shit. Like, dude, you don't, you don't need to be rich to do nothing. You don't. So why, why would you waste your youth you know, sacrificing and spending all your time doing something you hate in order to acquire enough money so you don't have to work when reality, you never have to work in the first place. You can just be poor and not work. It's fine. So that leads us to the, to the next final or the, the final step of this logical, the sequence of logical fallacies, which is once you've acquired enough money, you can go on living your life stress-free. And that is literally folks, the opposite of how the human break Uh, of how the human brain works. That is the opposite of how the human brain works. Our brain is programmed to view loss as significantly more severe than never having. What I mean by that is if I were to go on living my life the way I live it right now, making the same money, living in the same house, everything like that, my, my brain would view that as pretty good. I'm surviving. You know what I mean? But if I were to make a million dollars tomorrow and lose it next year. My, you know, so that I ended up living my life exactly the same. My brain would view that as a huge catastrophe. So even though the outcome is largely the same, you know, I end up living my life exactly at the level I'm at now in one step, it feels fine and safe and good. If I never had the million dollars in the other scenario, my brain feels like I lost an entire fortune. Right. And so for this reason, keeping a fortune to us as humans in our brain is far more stressful than acquiring it in the first place. So going back to my, my relative from the beginning, how free are you if you have all this money, but you're so scared to lose it, you won't even spend it on a steak dinner with your friends, right? So in this way, when you're seeing it from this perspective, having a fortune becomes a prison in some, if, you, if you don't know how to manage your mind. And so it creates, it creates this stress around keeping all your money, fear of looking dumb, fear of losing your money, because that would make you look dumb. And it keeps you from spending your money in ways that will enrich your life in ways that you find meaningful. So you end up being a servant to your fortune instead of letting your, your fortune serve you. So if you, you know, if we deconstruct that logical fallacy, that might leave you with some questions like, well, so is there ever a way, is there a path to financial freedom or like, Looking at what I just laid out, is there ever any way to ever feel truly free again or ever? And I do believe they go hand in hand. If you're, you know, if you, if you know how to unlock freedom within your own soul, because it is an inside job to choose to be a free person, a free thinker, et cetera, uh, you unlock financial freedom for yourself as well. And what you do is we're going to use the same uh, framework that I just outlined, but we're going to fix up the logical fallacies and make it work for us. And so first, let's look at sacrificing to today in order to have a better tomorrow. Dude, let's just change the way we look at it. <laughs> let's, let's take a different perspective. It's not either or. So how about instead of, oh, I'm sacrificing today and today sucks so that, you know, one day, undefined day in the future, I might be rich. How about you look at your spending today? You're investing today. 
doing things that are going to help you become the person you want to become, right? So if you're spending, say, doing things that you don't want to do that aren't in alignment with what you see for your life, you're not sacrificing, you're wasting your fucking time. And you're creating a future that will be meaningless and unfulfilling. And uh, you're creating a life of never getting to do the things you want to do. So why don't we view it as, dude, I'm spending today, I'm investing today to build my tomorrow, right? So we see, so now today's actions, yes, they're work. Of course there's work. There's always action involved. But what if we saw today's actions as a way of becoming the person we know we were meant to become through having experiences, through self-discovery and through reflection? So we're not, you know, low man on the totem pole. We're learning skills that are going to serve us for the rest of our lives. We're having experiences that are going to mold, mold us, shape our worldview and make us increasingly more valuable with time. So I'm not sacrificing today. I'm not suffering today. I'm enjoying myself. I'm enjoying the process of becoming increasingly more valuable to the world. That's a big perspective shift. It makes the process fun, which is the key to success in anything. If you think the process sucks, like I'm a fitness guy. Like, you know, you're like, dude, I thought this was a fucking fitness podcast. Eh, it kind of is. But if, if, you're, if your workouts suck and you hate them, even if you want the outcome that they produce, you won't stick to it long enough to ever see that outcome. But when you make the process fun, a, the outcome doesn't really matter as much, but you, in, and then in a weird like sort of dichotomy, you end up seeing the outcome much faster because you stick to the process, you enjoy it, you're excited to execute, and all of a sudden things start happening for you and it feels almost like cheating. That's where we want to get to with this view of sacrificing today for tomorrow. I'm not sacrificing today. I'm enjoying the process of becoming. And because I'm enjoying the process of becoming and growing and learning skills and becoming valuable, all of a sudden... I start getting to where I want to go much faster. So it's a very subtle perspective shift that will literally change how you feel day in and day out because you no longer feel like, oh, today sucks, but I have to do it. You feel like I get to do today because I can't wait for the things it's going to bring me tomorrow. And so that, that sacrifice mentality I'm talking about, the biggest reason to make this perspective shift is because when you feel like, oh, I got to suffer today in order to gain tomorrow, what happens is you end up missing out on now, which is really the only thing we have. The past is done. The future hasn't happened yet. The only thing that exists is right now. And if you constantly feel like, well, right now has to suck, you're always, like you're never going to have anything that doesn't suck. So when you're in this mentality, what ends up happening? You're, you're kind of like wishing days away. You're rushing toward a someday. You know what I mean? And that someday may never arrive. And if it does, it's never as satisfying as you think it's going to be, you know? I mean, how many, I mean, did anybody like rush through, oh, I can't wait to get to college or I can't wait to, or once you're in college, I can't wait to have my own money when I get a job. And all of a sudden you're looking back on like, why did I wish those days away? Like those, those were the good old days, right? Like, dude, now is all you have. And so don't miss out on it by trying to think to, now has to suck so I can have a good tomorrow. So the shift allows you to get excited for now, enjoy what you're doing today, and be excited for, for what tomorrow's going to bring. And as far as freedom goes, when you make this perspective shift, you, you're no longer a servant to an indefinite future or an undefined future, but you're choosing right now to do things in your life that make it meaningful. And that's the most important choice you can make. You're the only one who can assign meaning to your life. And if you assign meaning to your actions right now, 
Now you have a meaningful life and there's really not much else you need to feel free to know that I get to choose things that are important to me. Now, what's the shift we can make on fallacy number two, which is, hey, I'm going to make enough money one day to where I never have to work again. Well, rather than seeing work as something to be avoided, why don't we shift our perspective and say, what's the work that I want to do? We've been so brainwashed into thinking that work equals suffering and it's not enjoyable when the reality is when we look at what lights us up, work becomes fun, you know, and that's so important. That's why, um, that's why I always try to have people not, not worry about what's pragmatic or useful, but what is fun to you? What makes you come alive, right? We've been, we've been raised to believe that work is this form of pressure. It's something external that's forced onto us. And so because of that, because, because something external being forced on us goes against our nature, it doesn't, it, we feel a lack of freedom when there's external pressure applied to us. We concoct this scenario to where we can push back against that pressure. And we push back by saying, guess what? I'm going to make so much money that I don't have to work anymore. You know? And that leads to stress and burnout. But what if instead of pushing back against the pressure and burning ourselves out, we just sidestepped it by changing our perspective. What if we can become free of the of the pressure, not by pushing back, by simply just shifting our stance a little bit, right? And that's that's what I'm going to ask you to do here. And that's why one of my favorite sayings, I'm sure you've heard me say it on here before, but don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. That's a piece of a... A sermon by a guy named Howard Thurman, Thurman Howard, something like that. And he lived way before I was alive, but I like his writing. <laughs> because, dude, if you choose work that kills your soul, or you choose to see the work that you do in a way that crushes your soul, that's on you, man. You're making that choice. You're making that choice to be there, or you're making that choice to view how you behave in that way, or how, the work you do in that way. But if you want to be free, either choose work that lights you up or choose to view the work you currently do as something meaningful. And if you do that, there's no, it's no longer pressure. It's no longer pressure. It doesn't feel like somebody's suffocating the life out of you, but you're exercising the most basic of human freedoms, which is the choice of how you get to see your circumstances. And so then there's this final fallacy of, yeah, once I have enough money, I'll never work again and I will live stress-free for the rest of my life. There's a happily ever after. But as we already noted, keeping a fortune is far more stressful than actually making one in the first place. You know, because we are programmed to view loss as so much worse than never having had in the first place, even though logically they're the same thing, right? You know, if, if my baseline is five, and I get to 10 and come back to five, I see that as a big fucking traumatic loss. Where if I stay at my baseline of five indefinitely, my brain feels fine, right? And so because we're programmed this way, it strips us of our freedom. Because just like the person in the story I told you about before, he had all the money. He had all the money he ever needed but he wouldn't even spend it to go out to eat with his loved ones, right? Or, he, or if he did, he did it resentfully and acted like it was something he had to do. Want to know why? And I'll tell you why. This is a secret. Because homeboy didn't make his own money. 
It was given to him. And so since it was given to him, he didn't believe that he could ever acquire it again. Now he's still seeing, he's not, he, even though he has an abundance of money, he's not viewing it from an abundant mind frame. He's seeing as it, I got lucky to have this handed to me. And now I need to do everything I can to hold on to it because I, I'm unable to make any more of my own. And so here's the perspective shift you need if you want to be free. If you want to be financially free, you need to be free from financial worry right? Meaning like you've got to have enough. You have to have an abundance if you really want to be financially free, but also you've got to be able to let go and you got to be able to freely spend. So you got to be able to acquire money and hold on to it, but you also have to be able to let go of it. If you're unable to let go of it, you're not really financially free. If you have a billion fucking dollars and you're still looking at price tags in the grocery store, you're not financially free, you know? So the only way to do this Jesus Christ, what's going on outside? I don't know if you guys can hear those sirens. The only way to have this financial freedom is to build yourself up with skills, with perspective, with an experience of life that makes you so valuable in the marketplace, you know that you'll always be able to create a living for yourself because you know the value that you bring to the table. Right, That's true financial freedom. It's not about having enough money to never have to work again or never have to worry again about you know spending or whatever. It's about knowing that whatever happens today, if, if I lost every penny I had today, it doesn't matter because I have the value and the skills and the experience that I can go out into the marketplace tomorrow and add value and make a living from it. And now, because I have that confidence, I'm I'm free to both make an abundance of money and spend it in a way that's meaningful for me and never have to worry again. And that's what I want that's what I want people to be. It's not about the quantity of money that makes you financially free. It's about your mindset. It's about your belief to go out and produce. And so when I look at, you know, where do I spend my resources? How do I spend my money? This and that. I'm always looking at this. Is this, is this thing building me up? Is it adding value to my life? And if the answer is yes, I'm all in. I'm all in. And it's the same way I spend my time. Is this meaningful to me? Is it adding value to my life? If the answer is yes, I'm all in. And if the answer is ever no, I'm an emphatic fuck no. I won't spend a dime an ounce of energy or a second of my time doing something that's not meaningful for me by my own definition or as any value to my life or those of the, uh, to the value of those I love. All right. So hopefully, uh, this, this fresh take on financial freedom will give you something to think about today. Dude, I, I super appreciate you guys sharing the podcast, by the way, downloads have been like really high the last couple of weeks. So the sharing them via text message and, um, and putting them up on your stories and tagging me, Paul.Lingzell on Instagram, like that does a lot to drive a lot of downloads. I appreciate you guys doing that. Please keep doing it. And uh, that's all I got for you all this week. All right. Have a good one.